Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey, everybody. It's great to be back. This is Suzanne Gallagher, and it is the 10th of January, and I can't believe I haven't been with you since the 6th of December. So much to catch up on. We are hard at work at Parents' Rights in Education overhauling everything. (laughs) It's sort of like moving. You know, if I I was thinking about it, I I don't know if you've ever owned a business and you've moved that business to another location, but yet you're still trying to do business while you're moving. It's chaos. So I pretty much took the month off in December and I, I really felt like I I don't want to, I don't want to ruin your Christmas. I don't want to ruin, you know, ruin Hanukkah for you guys, because I'm talking about all these horrible things that are going on uh, in our public school systems. But things are hopping now in the news like none other. Um, I've got local news to share with you in the state of Oregon, but also, um, you know, what is going on in other states? Because I'm hearing more and more from leaders all around the country regarding this subject. And it's called gender expansive, supporting gender expansive students. So I'm going to make this introduction for you. I want to tell you, though, before I get into that, about two events that are coming up in the Northwest. So the first event that's coming up is in January, and it's being held in the state of Washington in Woodenville. Um, you can go to our website, go to the Washington State page, it's under State Chapters, and look up the information. This is going to be a great um, crisis in K-12 Education Washington Summit on January 21st. That's a Saturday, January 21st from 9 to 3 p.m. And the cost is um, $30 if you order your tickets now through January 14th. So check that out on our website. The next one um, is sponsored by Western Liberty Network. It's their 13th annual leadership and training conference titled Take the Offense in 2023. And that will be held Saturday, February 4th from 9 to 5. Uh, you can go to the Western Liberty Network website and uh, check out the events. They have a lineup of uh, amazing speakers. I'm going to be speaking at that event, by the way. And um, but their main speaker, their their former ambassador Kurt Volker. He was the uh, former NATO ambassador and presidential envoy to Ukraine under President Donald Trump. 
So he's going to have some very interesting things to share with us at that conference. But that particular conference is primarily about training you to uh, become um, a better advocate for parental rights and school choice, how to become a more effective citizen lobbyist, and running for winning local partisan office in 2023. Skills also to promote election integrity and good government work on Saturday, February 4th. Oh, and that is in the Portland area, the Holiday Inn, Columbia River Hotel. Now, back to the serious stuff here. On January 5th, the Department of Education in the state of Oregon, or ODE, we call it, Oregon Department of Education, put out a press release supporting gender-expansive students. Now, this is a new document. It is updated, a 2016 document that has been in effect since 2016, seven years ago. But now they have a new and improved version. This is what they say about it. The documents are grounded in the recognition, respect, affirmation, friendship, joy, belonging, and safety that every human deserves, including the students, staff, and families that make up our school community. The release includes multiple resources empowering school districts, students, and families to implement gender-affirming practices every day. Now, doesn't that sound wonderful? Everything always is uh, that they put out is, is wrapped and cloaked in love, loving, safety, affirmation, friendship, respect, all these words to make people think it's great. And we know it's not. Did you know that Oregon has led the way nationally? So why am I telling you about this? Because it's coming to you. I don't care where you live. It's coming to you. In fact, I just got a a phone call this last week from Wisconsin, a woman in Wisconsin, sharp gal. She's going to be running for school board. By the way, that's in Hudson, Hudson, Wisconsin. Uh, And we're forming a new chapter there. Last night, Monday night, there was a school board meeting and they were discussing this very kind of thing. They Sometimes they call it by different names, but it all has to do with creating uh, a policy to affirm transgender identification. So Oregon leads the way. Oregon families have been aware of the bias agenda to marginalize their children far more than seven years, though. This policy replaces an older version released in 2016. They're talking about it. It's called Guidance to School Districts, Creating a Safe and Supportive School Environment for Transgender Students. That's their mantra a safe and supportive school environment. Now, the Oregon Department of Education is proud of this fact that their 2016 guidance was one of the first statewide publications in the nation to assist K-12 schools to synthesize state law, federal law, and best practice to support transgender students. Now, that is very, very key, guys. We've seen it in action. We know, we know what's going on. We know this exists, but they actually, this is, these, this is their own verbiage. They're actually admitting that they are putting it into law 
not only at the state level, but at the federal level. And this is why we, we cannot take a breath. We cannot slow down. We cannot stop. We've got to turn on the afterburners. Wait till you hear my report. This is what we say about it. So this is part one. Gender expansive. What's wrong with that? Well, it sounds so good. What's wrong with that? We need to know. We need to know. We need to practice learning about and and being able to verbalize what is really wrong with it. it. It'll blow you away when you read the information, when you hear the information. But we need to know what is our response to that question? What's wrong with that? Well, they say that they're inclusive, don't they? We need to begin to understand why they're using this term because it means exactly the opposite. What they're doing is exactly opposite of this term that they're using, inclusive. What are the consequences? They claim that there are 8% of the student population that are suffering from all these bad things that are going on in the schools, all, all of this um, intimidation and, and bullying, etc. But what are the consequences for the 92% of the students who do not fall into the category defined as transgender, non-binary, two-spirit, intersex, agender, gender queer, and gender fluid identities? That's quite a list. It started out being very short. In fact, it started out being um, gay and lesbian. It started out being just gay, and then it was gay and lesbian, and now it's all of these others. We laugh about it. We think that all the letters that represent them, you know, in their long descriptor acronym are kind of silly. No, they're not silly. This is serious. So according to the article, 8% of the students identify as gender expansive. 8%. In addition... It is clear that this initiative moves far beyond tolerance. Remember, they used to always talk about tolerance. Oh, do we just need tolerance? And it requires, it requires compulsory acceptance and celebration. What about heterosexuals? How about some tolerance for heterosexuals? And do we compel everyone in the universe to celebrate us because we're heterosexual? I don't think so. Is that what we do in this country? Guys, that is against the civil rights that they claim to uphold this this compulsory acceptance and celebration of their choices, their lifestyle, their their identity, their their self-identity that they have just embraced. Can they do that? They shouldn't be able to. What about making policy into law? What's wrong with that? Well, well, uh, as I just shared with you, they're synthesizing state law, federal law, and best practice. Best practice is a term that's commonly used in the education establishment. But now, now it's about federal law and state law. So they want to put it into law so that, so that what, why? Well, of course, We support local school governing boards. 
and their right to make policy decisions which best represent their constituents and their families. Not only does state government plan to solidify transgender expansive policies into law, but in doing so prevents local school districts, local boards from choosing not to implement them. This plan thwarts any local control for determining if and how to implement controversial and sensitive materials. That's the scary part, guys. Because there is a move on. Now, I use Oregon because I live here and I see it firsthand and I've seen it long term. It's entrenched. It's saturating the schools. And they have very cleverly laid the groundwork through elections, elections for school board, elections for the state legislature, elections for the governor, to make sure that this happens, that these transgender expansive policies are solidly entrenched in law, preventing local school districts boards from choosing not to implement them. Now, the next thing, civil rights. Well, they talk about civil rights all the time, don't they? Oh, our rights, our rights. Well, where do they begin and end? Do they end? No, they don't end. Their rights override anybody else's rights. That's the way I see it. If you have ever been to a school board meeting and, and witnessed the GSA club members at the podium with their fists raised demanding policies be changed to accommodate them, you'll know that these kids are, are literally uh, being trained to be militant activists. So where do gender rights end? Other rights start. Where do women's rights start and gender rights end? The Oregon Department of Education fails to recognize many students are marginalized because they do not identify as gender expansive. Everything the gender advocates claim their students suffer from are to some degree also experienced by heterosexual students and families. Who's the bully now? All students should feel accepted. Pre receives frequent reports from parents whose student experience harassment at school. And these are straight kids. For example, they're told it is their fault when a trans student sexually harasses them. This happened in West Lynn, Wilsonville School District and then are asked to leave the district because the trans girl does not feel comfortable. Well, who was the one who was doing the harassing? The trans girl, flirting, batting her eyelashes. And then when the straight boy said, stop, leave me alone, I've told you multiple times, I'm not interested. 
the trans girl ran to the school office crying and saying, I'm not comfortable. And of course, then he was asked to go to another high school or leave the district altogether, which he did do. And then there were, well, there's more that happened there. Next topic. Now, these are reasons, these are answers to the question, what's wrong with that? Parents fear their children will be taken by Child Protective Services. Parents who do not want their children to change their pronouns or transition socially or otherwise at school have been threatened by administrators who will report them to Child Protective Services. Often parents who object are encouraged by administrators to homeschool. I mean, can you imagine if they said that to to a to a, uh, a gender expansive student? Maybe you should homeschool if you feel, you know, if you feel like like things aren't really going your way. Why don't you homeschool? Would they ever say that to to a transgender student? parents? Not on your life. I would say this is not inclusiveness. Wouldn't you? I know these things because parents call me and tell me about them. Opt out, unfortunately, is not possible now. It used to be back in the day, used to be, you could, you could opt out. And and the government would tell you and the schools would say, oh, well, you know, we have this opt out clause. And so you can you can always opt out. No, you can't always opt out. In fact, you can't ever opt out anymore. Why? Well, it's not possible now as this agenda permeates the entire school day beginning in kindergarten, K through 12 every year, every day. The Oregon Department of Education gender policy showcases a set of tools that offer districts best practices and and recommendations to implement gender-affirming practices each day. And that's in quotes, each day. They say that themselves. So they, they have absolutely no no thought whatsoever of allowing you to opt out. Now, let me, I will say this. It's not true in every school, in every school district in this country. But it is in many schools that you would assume are perhaps in a rural area and you wouldn't have any problem. If, if you haven't checked into it, I advise you to do so soon. And lastly... To the question, what's wrong with that? I would say public schools are for everyone. If it is the role of a school to guarantee each and every student or person a feeling of acceptance, recognition, really each and every student, respect, no matter what these people do or say, each and every student is guaranteed affirmation. Here's one. Friendship, 
Can the school guarantee that our kids are going to have friendship? Really? They're powerful, aren't they? Oh, and this next one, joy. Really? Every student is guaranteed joy, belonging, and safety. Well, if that's what they're promising, our schools are failing, failing. They are failing. At the very least, falling short in that category. They can't promise that. That is not the role of a school. Everyone deserves to feel safe, though. Wouldn't you think on just basics? Doesn't everybody deserve to feel safe? Hmm. However, in this culture, many do not. Many. And by the way, the, the percentage that do not feel safe is much higher than the 8% that these people say that they are serving. And those are the kids... Those are our kids. Those are kids that are at school to learn academics. The school is falling short when it comes to those kids because they're they're at school to learn, not to be guaranteed uh, all, this long list of uh, you know recognition, friendship, affirmation, respect, joy, belonging, and safety. And those kids, our kids in many, many cases, are leaving public schools. And I guarantee you they're leaving the state of Oregon because of the biased education policies obsessed with sexuality beginning in kindergarten. And they're leaving because of discrimination against the rest of the school population the 92%. And by the way, there's much more of this to come in detail. We will be unpacking the entire program. Until next time, this is Parents' Rights. Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Please consider making a monthly contribution to parents' rights and education. We need your help. We have big plans in mind. And because of a very generous one-time contribution of $25,000, we are challenging our listeners and our readers, all of our supporters, to match that. Gives $12 a month. If there were only 500 of you, that would tally up to $6,000 a month, almost tripling the $25,000 check we just received in one year. Be part of that club. We call it the 12 by 12 club. A link to our website is in the show notes or go to parentsrightsined.org. See you soon.